Oh yeah, it ain't over, mother. KSLB Hey guys, it's Ed. Welcome to the Something to Do podcast. Um, tonight we sit down to discuss the writing process, in particular our writing processes. Well, kind of. In Act 1, we get into movie sequel construction and how one character can sink or save an entire franchise. Um, in Act 2, we talk a bit about some of the difficulties in trying to be a performer and how to judge said performances, especially when you hate to hear the sound of your own voice. And we end up in Act 3, wherein Chris and Charlie attempt to explain comedy and improv to me again. Um, so I get out of your way and let you get into the actual conversation proper. You can hook back up with me in the liner notes at the end where I'll have a little bit of a surprise for you if you stick around that long. So uh, without further ado, I will see you then. And Oh, thanks for listening. So, <laughs> um, so. Does everybody know the Matrix? Can we stop explaining the Matrix? Yeah, I mean, yeah everybody knows the Matrix for the most part. I mean, y'all just kept explaining this. Like, yeah, I know. So, I, I, just, I, uh, I, know. I just realized that I've never seen the second and third one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, if the, is, that, is, like that, is, that, is that better? Is that for a good reason? I, um, I don't. I don't really know what people were expecting from the sequels. Because, um, I mean, there, it was a clear case of, like, this trend that was happening at the time where, like, you make a movie and it's a huge success, so the studios want more. So gotta you gotta amp up the sequel. Well, you, gotta, uh, you gotta create a sequel from a thing that wasn't necessarily supposed to have a sequel. The same things happened with uh, Pirates. Yeah. Fast which and is Furious. why... Well, yeah, fuck uh, fucking Fast and Furious. <laughs> but that's, like, that's why... And Pirates is the same way. Like, they made a movie... Of the Caribbean at the same time, oh, and they're yeah. trying to call the whole thing a trilogy when really it was one movie and then two connected sequels that are trying to connect to the first one. Aren't they like on the sixth one right now? The what pirates? Oh, we're talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, yeah. right? Yeah, they got another I, one coming oh, out. I thought so. there was only four. They got another one coming out, so I guess that's the fifth one. I don't know. Those I, movies I, are so long. I, I like the first. I, I love the first asleep. three, but I didn't see the fourth one. I didn't see and the fourth one. I, okay, the so they got a fifth coming out. One, wherever he's running around in some kind of like wheel barrel. No, yeah, no, is yeah. that the third one? Or the second? one? I, 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 I that movie was like four hours long. That was just cruel well, and unusual really punishment. It's more like eight because the second and third movies are basically one movie. Either way, that is too much time for me to be sitting in an AMC. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like the, I the first really three. The I didn't see the fourth one, but oh. apparently, apparently they just confirmed there's going to be a fifth one there, which I'm cool. again, so. Awesome. Is he desperate? No, actually, I think he just no. likes playing the character. Yeah, he just likes the character. That's one I think, like, because you know, like, the thing with Johnny Depp, you know, you've heard that he doesn't, like, watch any of his movies. No, I didn't know that. So, yeah, like, he, after he gets done with it, he doesn't watching so unless he kind of feels something for the character per se so that's why he's been doing some i mean probably obviously they're paying the guy but he enjoys playing the character of jack sparrow but that's really weird like you you purposely don't watch any of your films to see how you how it came out you just kind of arnold probably watches well, all of his that way he can come with like a better you, one-liner i'm sorry i was, talking <laughs> I was about just imagining that arnold schwarzenegger probably watches all of his Uh-oh. he's like gotta come with a better one-liner well, I, he was sub-zero now he's just playing zero <laughs> Gotta beat this. I don't know if. What was he so? That was from uh, Running Man. Uh, what the fuck are you doing? Um, I, th- I think that's kind of a 
different thing than most people like. Oh yeah, I'll I don't, like I don't have the luxury to not listen to the stuff that I make because mm-hmm. I've got to fix it. Versus Johnny Depp. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have, have to watch his movies because yeah, he has like a fucking team of people who are fixing yeah, he his shit. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, he flubbed that line. Johnny, you got to come back and do it again. It's like, okay, I'm fucking out. I have to look Yeah, it. yeah, I know that. He doesn't have to actually do the, the after post production of it. But yeah, he says he doesn't watch any of his movies like on DVD or on TV or anything like that. That's fine. Yeah, I was like, that's cool. That's interesting. I mean, again, I really could care less what famous people are doing as long as they're making shit that I like. <laughs> Uh, I guess that was just an interesting thing. Uh, so, writing processes. I mean, uh, you guys write jokes. Yeah. Well, so we, we were, write jokes. I mean, we were kind of. I mean, yeah, we just jump right in that. But oh, I because I didn't know where else to go with the movie thing. So I was just like, because I could keep, I could literally keep talking about movies all day. I was just thinking about thing. how you talked about how the hell do you go ahead and go from the Matrix and then jump into a sequel that didn't exist. And it's like, somebody wrote that up. I don't know how they did it. Wait, what? Because you were saying that the Matrix should have ended with one movie. And then they came up with the second and third. The Matrix ended. And then they, the studio wanted to keep making money. It was like, this is a huge success. So they commissioned the, the two sequels but, I mean, what I'm saying is that The Matrix wasn't intended to be a trilogy. Really? Is that the Wachowski brothers didn't want I mean, they probably wanted it to be, but it like you can tell from even the way it's produced. Like, the production of the second and third one are entirely... It wasn't planned. They, the second and third one were shot concurrently. That's why I was making yeah. a joke about yeah, being I know. just I, one long-ass movie versus The Matrix, which was... It was a one-shot thing. Like, everybody wants... Uh, uh, well, I think it was, deal. yeah. Well, I think it's because sequels, it was such a, but it was like it was a one shot yeah. thing. Like that was the end of the Matrix, and then it was like, oh, we want more of the Matrix. So now we get the fucking Animatrix and the sequels yeah. and the game and all that shit. And that's why all that shit is really tightly closed together. Yeah. And doesn't, for the most part, necessarily contradict anything from the first movie, but it's not really connected to the first movie. It doesn't feel it's, like it's very it. obvious that those yeah. were an afterthought. Compared to the first movie, well, I think it's because with a lot of films at the time, you have to you got to remember like on paper, Matrix is such a gamble to like just even like trying to pitch it to somebody. It's a little weird, especially around that time anyway. So I'm pretty sure like how I don't know if you remember hearing the story like how Will Smith was supposed to be the star of it, but then I guess they tried to pitch the movie to him. He was like, I don't want to do. He was supposed to be Neo, but they was like. No. Yeah, we yeah. talked about this before because Sean yeah. Connery was supposed to be Morpheus. <laughs> yeah, and this is how I ended up in League of Extraordinary. But yeah, so everybody like really? a lot. Of, so a lot of people turned down you, a lot oh, of roles. Oh, you were here for that one. Yeah, a lot of people turned down a lot of roles. And you don't listen Matrix. to the podcast. You don't know what we're talking. <laughs> yeah, about. A, lot of, a lot of people turned down a lot of roles within the. <laughs> I, film, I like, so. I'm like Johnny Depp. I don't want to hear how awesome I am. You weren't on that episode. <laughs> See, I'm giving you guys good luck. Uh, but yeah, it's like a lot of people turned down roles on that film because like. It sounded so weird that they was like, no. But then Will Smith went to go do Wild Wild West. Ooh. Yeah. But, yeah, West, so I mean. Jim West. <laughs> <Desperado>. <laughs> so that's what I mean. So it was such, I'm pretty sure. Wild Wild West. Matrix on paper was such a weird thing. But then when it came out, it had, like, the cool scenes. And it kind of. Well, that's the thing. It, the it mostly floated on effects. Yeah, like, effects It, it wasn't stuff, like a. Yeah. I mean. Because didn't, cool didn't, didn't the sequels come out, like. Three years later, at least, yeah, yeah, about three, and four, then, almost like, three, but four within years. like six months of each other. Yeah, but I know the sequels didn't come out for like 
I mean, in terms of because like, they didn't you start making them see... until after the Matrix exactly because then it got like the DVD sales from it. Then it started like, all right, well, this looks like this could be a franchise, and let's make it work. And then yeah, they had to add all the over over the topness of and, and just Neo punching a million Agent Smiths at once, and with the you know, worst all fucking CGI. yeah, it was terrible. But to drive but, my point home, when they yeah. know that they're gonna make a bunch of the thing, and they know there's gonna be a success, and they have all the faith in the world to make a series as opposed to one movie and then be surprised oh it's successful let's make more the fucking Marvel Cinematic oh, but I was just about to say that just, that just like, that just, like flicked in my brain like, Mar- yes we have movies until no, superhero movies in general like that because now it's like they're gonna sell so let's just make you know they're shit. not getting any uh, they're not getting any love to Image <laughs> I want to see and that, that's that not Walking Dead is the, one of the biggest shows on television yeah I was gonna say Walking Dead Image got that I shit just, it was funny because they're like because the, they're the most like silent winners through all of this because it's like well you guys got your movies coming out here and we got seven seasons on deck right now bitches so yeah I mean they've got yeah. more literal content that's out but those yeah. those movies are making way more oh money yeah yeah they make more money though but uh and, with the, and then the terrible part with like TV shows is uh you have the characters like eventually actors are gonna get tired of being on the show so you even have to like keep throwing more money at them or get rid of them because eventually let's put it this way the Daryl problem will come up where it's like Norman Reedus Reedus is gonna get uh, he's gonna get tired of being Daryl after a while so it's like do we kill him and lose like a large portion I have no idea what you're talking about is that the character yeah it's a character on the show yeah Uh, it was a big. It was a the big guy upset. with the crossbow. I thought you watched the show. I, was no, I don't talking. like fucking zombies. Oh, know. okay. Well, there's a very. I never popular... watched it, but I saw you. You literally. It was like, name anything that blows up on Facebook, and like everybody's talking about it. It was one of those events, yeah. like a year and a half ago. You see, okay. Bo- so this, um, what what you call it? Fa- Facebook. Facebook thing. Yeah, yeah. This thing on yeah. What just, you said? Things blow up on what? What does that mean? <laughs> Uh, it becomes a very because I don't topic. use Facebook. Anymore. I know I, I was actually okay. not no, going to go into that. But I was right. fucking with you. Right. Well, uh, oh, but you know you've seen Boondock Saints, haven't you? Yeah. Okay, so you know Norman Reedus, but uh, but basically he has a character in Walking Dead. That it's funny because aside the from trade of Walking Dead, because aside from the uh, actual that character doesn't appear in the books. It's he was created for the show. Yeah, but, no, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> But what's funny is he's become, like, so popular within the show that, like, there's people who's like, oh, if Daryl dies, I'm going to stop watching. So it's like he's become such a staple to the show that, like, if he goes away. I think that's a failure. The what? For the writers and producers of that show. To to have a character that loved? They're that crutched on him? Uh-huh. Because they're that crutched on him? Yeah, exactly. I, that happens with a lot of shows. Though. Yeah, and I think that's a failure for the writers and producers of a lot of shows. A if you bit. If you... If you took Urkel out of Family Matters, Family Matters probably would have failed. Well, you know, and I think that is a failure on the part of the writer. But you know how like Urkel is like a side character when the show began, and then right, he, and then he, he fucking became, took, he over, took the over the show. They yeah, actually, that's, that's they, poor, they spirited away a child poor, in favor of Urkel. Poor job, though. Yeah, like, if you if you if your whole show crumbles because you lose a character, then you're. For exactly the reason that you're talking about, you're beholden to that actor and that character. Yeah. I, I think that just that's just a thing that just naturally happens with each show, though. I mean, depending on the, the popularity of the show, plus well, not if you the type. The, well, not yeah, if it depends you on the story the cast, being told. Though, and, and you you don't make 
you make the story about the shows. <laughs> We're sticking it to the topic. You make the story yeah, about it, the shows. Because uh, it's about writing. It's or about the characters, rather. But you you, you, you don't have to be beholden to them in that no, way. I, I think, a, I don't know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of cast turnover and, um, uh, I forget what it's called, but I'm going to call it Spotlights of Focus. Okay. Like, yeah, I, you know, I watch Mad Men. Yeah. And Don Draper's is... He's is the main character. The yeah, main he's character had the, the most interesting well, spent, like, so much time yeah. with so many other characters. Like, I still think that Pete is the most interesting character on the show. I, I could watch a whole... Like, I hope he gets a spinoff where it's just like, Pete Campbell going to the 70s. Yeah. yeah. I would watch that shit every day on television. Oh. I would watch the... Like, I would sit down at the same time every week. I wouldn't wait for it to come to Netflix or watch it on Hulu. I would watch that shit every fucking week the commercials i wouldn't dvr it actually i would dvr and then i would watch the commercials again and then buy all the products but i would be the only one that would make no money because nobody likes me uh, well yeah because i would say with that how don't behold yourself to a character I, it i guess it depends on like a lot of different factors now one the popularity of the show itself because that's the main one if nobody's fucking watching it, nobody's gonna care who disappears from it uh then you have <laughs> Like, 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 I think a perfect example is a show like Breaking Bad. When Breaking Bad first was, started, yep, people didn't really watch that. Breaking Bad until, say, I guess ideally when it became like a thing was like the third season. I'm going to get you a dictionary with a bookmark under the word ideally. Uh, <laughs> you use that word incorrectly I don't care. every single time I see you. It doesn't matter. It does so, matter. Make up that Christonian oh language God. over there. Yeah, yeah, Christonian. That, that Christonian. drives me nuts. Lyrical assassin. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. You want to listen to some Paris? <laughs> yeah, so Paris. So no one really watched Breaking Bad until like the third season. Yeah. At that point, now there's all these characters that people see. So now, you, now as you're writing a show, you yeah. do have to cater to, you know, the audience. Right, so you can't. I mean, for, but well, I, was, it, I would say it's, about it. It's interesting he's talking about because I was sitting here thinking about like Brian Cranston basically bogarted the whole scene after like his character really developed and people were like, yeah. oh, he's not gonna be this I mean, nerdy. But the show's no, no, okay, like, no. But the thing, the thing with Brian Cranston is about his character. It's about yeah. So yeah. So it has to be about him. But at the same time, I think the point that was different Breaking Bad was the fact like once you kind of got the idea that the whole point of the show was about him being the most lowest person ever, and yeah. then he's going to have them. Plus, it helps that when you have, where people are clear what the goals are. Uh, Vince, Vince, uh, I forget his last uh, name, the, the show, showrunner, he had made it clear, like, there's going to be a finite end to, the, like, there's not going to be no ambi- like really ambiguous ending or anything like that. Like, they made it clear from the beginning, like, there's a beginning, middle, and it's over. Like, you're going to have uh, gonna Walter, something's going to happen to him. Yep. Now, what it will be, yeah. we'll get there. But, yeah. like, there won't be no, maybe it'll be a sequel show or something. So, I think yeah. I think it's just... Better it's, Call Saul? Huh? Well, uh, but that's about another character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so... But yeah, I don't know. But that's what I mean. So, I think it depends on the show. Sure that's what the name of the show is. <laughs> I really love Saul. Like, that, yeah, but, oh, yeah, but man, see, Saul became you're a not the only one. <laughs> yeah. So, that's what I mean. Like, it just depends on the show type, like the characters that. involved, he, the popularity. I don't have 
He was, yeah. he was just like a virus, though. Like, you'd see him, and you're like, oh, man, he reminds yeah. me of a Grand Theft Auto character at the very least. I'm going to remember yeah, he, him. He reminds you of Vice City. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yes, I love Vice City. But that's what I mean. It just depends on the show, popularity, and then, like, the people. Because you have to cater to the audience. You, you'd mentioned, or you mentioned that uh, Brian Cranston, the show is about him, ultimately. And you mentioned Family Matters earlier. And then uh, Urkel had, like, just bogarted that and then yeah, it became about him. Yeah, that show was about, that was Harriet's show. Yeah, it was actually her spinoff. This was funny. So, I don't know, it's just like, I, I sit here thinking, like, when I first watched Breaking Bad, I was like, oh, wow, Jesse, Jesse's actually a pretty interesting character. Uh, and then after a while, he just kind of gets smothered. And it's really the development of uh, Brian. I don't think he got, whoa, wow. Yeah, weird. Yeah. He only so, got too smothered because I think, it became like a backstory. It's like what's happening. Like what? How? How are the? How's the drug life impacting him? They've showed it. Like, all, like if yeah. anything, they they show how Jesse constantly is breaking down. Yeah. By every at every turn. Like, uh, remember when he got spoiler alert for people who haven't watched Breaking Bad? But when he got back hooked on drugs, then he got yeah. clean for a bit. He was with uh, what's her name? Something. Yeah. Yeah. He got with that uh, that the one actress, girl. but and then she God yep. because Walter kind of let her die. Yep. Then at this point, he has the guilt of that. Man, but did you see this show again recently? Because I can't remember all the <laughs> No, I just facts. really, I just really loved it. And so then Walter used Jesse's like just disorientation from that experience. He got him back into the whole meth cooking business. Then he found that one uh, You were doing girl. more than a spoiler. You were telling about the whole Basically, show. Basically, I'm giving you season synopsis <laughs> as well. And it's like, and then Brian Cranston listens to the sky and he thinks one more time. So, yeah. But that's, yeah, right? You have to write that's just it. my backpack. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, wasn't I, sure I just got one. tools and stuff oh, for okay. fixing the Festiva that you can enjoy riding around in. Yeah, so I think it just, for shows, no, it's not a good thing to make it where a show crutches on one person, yeah. but sometimes you can't control that. Because yeah. if somebody clicks to you, like that. Specifically, you, you mentioned Johnny Depp, and mm. Johnny Depp doesn't watch his own films, mm. whether you know, infringe upon his own genius or like, you know. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't. Uh, there's like people who do radio or talk shows that they, they don't want to hear themselves because they might uh, interfere with the way that they, they perform. Yeah. Because they'll be like, I'm going to correct myself. I think Ed and I were talking about this exact point Saturday. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I was trying to do a thing, and I'm, I don't really know what we're talking about now. No, it's, you were you'll, echoing you'll, so much you'll be able to... that I couldn't hear anything you were saying, and it was like, <laughs> fuck with me. <laughs> oh, you, you, you can jump in. Yeah, so, you'll, like, you'll do it. you listen, have you had recordings like, of yourself performing? Uh, the last time I honestly, because obviously I don't listen to the podcast, no rip on Ed, but it is true, Charlie doesn't listen to his own podcast. Um, but when I think about like when I used to listen to my own voice, mm. it was when I used to do high school announcements for two years straight by myself. <laughs> okay. Actually, right. I forgot that it wasn't by myself. I just thought it was all about me and it was another person. <laughs> You're a true writer. <laughs> but um, that was awesome. Yeah, because I no. I hate my voice. Like when I listen to this, I, yeah. I've watched like uh, I I got a 
like two or three where actually somebody recorded me like doing a set yeah. and I hate it so much. Oh man. It's like it's just he, so much to hate. Uh, yeah, I just give so much hate, and I just look at it like, God, shut that fucking guy up! Like I just, I sit there with my headphones like, fuck you! And then, like, you know, like tape terrible. recorders, like or not tape recorders, but old school. Just like, hey, Ed, can you help me out here? I help push a play button right there. It's like, do you want to send a myself. telegraph after that? I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You can attach it to my condor and then fly it back to my apartment because I don't know what to transport letters. You guys have no sense of time scale. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, we, we just, just jump all the I used to. <laughs> I, I still have it actually. Is I bought a, a recorder for the last trip I did where like I drove from. Ing- uh, no. Oh. <laughs> no, it's like the one you have one of them over here. It's like got the little microphone, oh, like they angle right upwards, something like that. No, that's a tuner. Uh, yeah, that's oh, a tuner. Okay. Um, oh, but I, I had one, f- I, I bought it in England. Like, what do you think this is? <laughs> bought it in England for when we did the second trip mm-hmm. from England to Mongolia. And my friend and I were like, we really need to record some of this like conversation we have in the cabin. Well, I brought it back and then I started using it when I started doing stand-up because my confidence was destroyed. Trying to like really like hone in on like, I was like, when am I freezing and when am I dealing with hecklers and like, what am I doing? And one time there's a set that I was doing well at and, uh, it is difficult to play back that thing and listen to myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I can't stand that voice. And like, I would try to like, I force myself to listen to it and like, set it on like an alarm clock. I threw that thing across the room and the batteries exploded out of it. And I was like, man, I really don't like myself. Oh, wow. I, I think that's just normal. Yeah, I, I, I don't I think it's think something. You throw yourself around. across the room? <laughs> I, honestly think it's, I honestly think it's an uncanny valley thing. Because like, oh, okay. you, the way you hear your voice when you're talking, obviously is different than the way you hear when it's recorded. Sure. So, it's I think it's two things. It's one, it doesn't sound, it, no, it's not as rich. It doesn't resonate the same way as it does in your head. Whether you're using your internal monologue or if you're actually speaking, it just doesn't sound the same when you record it. So that's like there's this dissonance there that not just makes us uncomfortable, but like kind of fills us with a bit of dread and disdain. Yeah, and then two, I think it's the the conscious or subconscious realization that this is what everybody else hears all the time when I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Right, like that blows right. my mind. Like I do not understand how you guys can listen to me talk for more than ten seconds and not just want to kill me. No, I just die. Do you? Do you? I feel like as a writer. You, you've probably listened to yourself significantly even more. Like, you've done poetry a lot longer than, well, certainly I've, any I've of us here. Never, I've never recorded no, really? my own uh, poetry performances. No. Um, there are, <clears throat> I think, two actual recordings of me doing poetry. Mm-hmm. One was for this um, this uh, project that uh, a friend of mine was doing. I forget what it was, what it was uh, for. He was, like, doing his poetry. Um, uh, not anthology. That doesn't make sense. You no, just had some of the coffee over here at Pony Ride or something. Anthology coffee. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but uh, he was doing like this this project where he's got all these boys together to do this uh, like film thing. Um, and like a couple of weeks ago for uh, Ferguson, we did a, a live stream um, broadcast of this open mic that a friend of mine does, and 
Matter of fact, there might only be one. I'm not even sure if that was recorded. That might have just been like streaming out and like done. Um, so just because I'm, ne- I'm never in a like I don't consider myself at a place as a poetry performer where like I'm trying to record stuff and put it up online or on uh, on SoundCloud or uh, you know sell CDs and shit. Because I I don't think that I've written enough or actually perform enough to do that, and it's not like my my main. Thing. Like, I'm much more likely to try to put some of the band music out there, which I guess is kind of the same thing, but in a different realm. Mm-hmm. Or, of course, like, the actual writing. I, that's the other thing for me. Like, I like to write. I love to perform also, but, like, not together yeah, <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really know how to say, It's interesting. I don't feel like I'm at... I'm sitting here just well, trying to imagine, uh, like, how does somebody hone in on their own voice now? Like, I mean, we, we, all, we all don't we all don't enjoy hearing uh, playback of our own voice. It's apparent. And I'm just the, the, the first person I'm thinking of. Is, I'm thinking of like Morgan Freeman. I'm like, do you think like he was playing that back and he was just like, I saw yes, amazing yeah. in Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> I saw him amazing in the Batman trilogy. <laughs> like, like a Twinkie, like a Twinkie. Just see him playing that back and back and back, and I'm just like, hmm. It's like, well, do, you, I, do you think do you think George Clooney played himself back when he was in the Batman series? He was just like, nope, <laughs> no, nope. bring Val Kilmer back. I think he laughed his ass off. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, are you guys proud? I remember I knew something Batman, about, Batman, about Batman. Batman right there. <laughs> you see that? You I, I was. If I, my advice to you is to just run with the not knowing shit about what. Like when you, whenever you talk about something that I don't know about. I make I one make sure that you know that I don't know about it, and two make you feel stupid for knowing about some shit that I don't. <laughs> I'm like that's my goal is when you like feel fucking dumb by teaching me Man, things. You like my, doing my all cousin, that with malice? I hate you. My cousin, uh, my cousin plays. Uh, well, matter of fact, I'm, I'm about to give an example. Like I haven't done the exact same. Literally, how exact dare same you try to undermine the how much I know about, about Batman? Fucking, and I do the whole sports ball bit. Yeah. That's just me fucking owning the fact that I don't so know much. about sports and not like being a bitch and shutting up because I don't know what you're talking about. Ooh. It's me. It's me owning. I, I actually, I guess this kind of serves as a performance thing too, which I'm not purporting to be an expert at. But it's me like. You sound like it. You're crafting up a little argument. Because I there. always do that. Yeah. I just I speak with. A, I talk. Like, I'm really I talk good with at, authority. Talk, Is that what you want to say? Yeah. <laughs> Point of order, bitch. So. <laughs> Own it. Don't tell me. Just do it. Confidence. Well, yeah, it, it and it's it's funny because I like I I'm not really a confident guy. Like I'm super insecure. I got tons of anxieties and shit. So most of the time when I'm performing, including now, I'm like projecting this. Uh, I'm. You've heard me talk about it before. Like I'm playing the Ed, I'm I'm, I'm covariant. Like I'm playing the Ed Carter role. Mm-hmm. Which, at least in my head, is is separate from actual Ed Carter. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I'm 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 basically doing like pulling out little tricks and 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 tips in order to come off in a more confident way, and you know that's just part of the performance. And I, I think that's that's what separates like the fact that no, I don't I don't think that anybody really likes to hear their own voice, but I think the people who can accept that like. Okay, well, that's either that's not really me, or me caring about that doesn't really matter. So I'm gonna stop. Mm-hmm. That's where you get people who are comfortable spending 
hours in the studio listening to those four seconds of a song over and over and over again because something has to get tighter about it or something's just a little bit off about it and we gotta fix it. Or, you know, the guys who, I mean, same thing, like, the, the ending process is fucking everything, anyway. But everything like, I'm hearing you tell me is just like, everybody tries to mask who they are anyway, so they use all these tips to go ahead and do it. Whether you're doing writing or using some kind of technical knowledge, you know, or maybe you do philosophy because then you like can craft up an argument to go ahead and put different stake points in a conversation. I mean, but I, the thing, I think it, it gets harder the more you really care about the thing that you're trying to, like, it's really fucking hard for me to show people stuff that I've written for my book. Like, that is the hardest shit in the world because I'm so fucking scared that, like, Oh, maybe I maybe I'm not that good a writer. Maybe I fuck some shit up somewhere. Maybe nobody. Maybe I am that one person in the entire world who's the only one who likes the style that I write in. And these are obviously ridiculous fucking things. There's like a, there's anonymous like uh, blog listings or something like that. You can like post up your book on the internet and get feedback from people. They do like peer reviews and yeah, stuff like that. But still, that's like. I mean, they're gonna it, tell it, you that you're the not, best person. There might be people that don't not like it. Connected but. with me though, so much as. It, it, the, the connection to me is, is completely like internal. It's not that it's connected with me. It's that if, if this is who I am, Ed Carter is a novel writer, mm-hmm. and Ed Carter writes a novel that nobody likes, that means that Ed Carter sucks as a person. Basically, if mm, people... And you're really taking that upon yourself there. Well, yeah. people do that, though. I mean, it, the yeah, point is, really if, not, if, if, that if you create something... But this um, is just, just, like, the difficulty there. Because, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big ego gamble there, but that it, it, yeah, it, it like, follows in line with the fact that you wrote something, you put so much time into it, that you're going to want to see, oh, people respect what you did because you know this was a good accomplishment, a great accomplishment, a lifetime accomplishment, and then to have people tear it down, it's like... Well, you did put your ego on the line when you put all that work into it. And the That's, most fucked up part yeah. is that it's not even that people tear you down about it, but it's the fear that people might. Or it's the fear from, you, from that you won't, get the actual, you won't get the reception that you want. Because everybody this, wants I think that's where most of nervousness comes yeah. from in, this, in, in any sort of show business, which we're all involved in. Even the writing is, I consider this, a show This kind of ties back to like a conversation we had maybe last podcast or the previous one about how... You you said no. Nah, you should totally go ahead and gamble and go ahead and like take a risk and like put it on the line there. I'm trying to convince myself to do that. Well, <laughs> because keep everybody trying do it. Because it's terrifying. Right? We're all human here, so we all have like anxieties and shit. So sure. Like I just went on that whole bit about like even right now I'm playing the Ed Carter character. Yeah, yeah. Like, Ed Carter character can like, say and do things that Ed Carter the person is. You were talking about like wanting to put everything on the line. Though it's not about writing for me here. Uh, automotive, be, getting into mechanical, electrical, engineering, physics, and math was a vehicle for me to be able to eventually get into writing. Because I always had a stammer as a kid, and I was like, I'm going to find a way to eventually be able to communicate and be able to drive my points across. And I'm still working on that, and I'll work on it for the rest of my life. But you were talking about like when you lay it on the line and you're worried your book might fail. I laid on the line to go ahead and go out to get a PhD, and I got an ABD. It's called an all-but-dissertation. You complete everything, you're right there for the dissertation, but then it turns out that you can't actually land the proposal that you need to go ahead and have some derivative 
work or original work for a PhD. No. And what you can do a derivative work for a PhD? Yeah, basically it's a spin-off of somebody else's work. It's a different at is a different uh, atmosphere of the work that it could be used in. But it's gotta be very it's gotta be unique, still unique enough to go ahead and deem it original work. Mm-hmm. Original is just like a, you know, relatively like a whole new I'm theory. Make fat out of it. We're gonna redevelop this character. Fat Al. <laughs> so like chunky no, Al. I'm sitting there. Oh, original no. work is Al's Cosby's dissertation. First day because of mine is the Far Side album with Fat Albert riding on the roller coaster. <laughs> it's like, woo! But <laughs> I digress to the point that, uh, you know, I mean, lay it on the line. Do do your book. Uh, I went up for it and I, I. Uh, pretty much failed. I, I hit that mark and then I failed, but it doesn't mean I can't come back to it and complete it some other day. Um, which is certainly where I could be. I don't know. Right now I do like making money though, I can tell you that. I like making all, like making money and paying back loans. That's a nice thing. Because then you know that you won't die with a massive burden that you can be like, hey, Chris was somehow my family member and he now owes all that oh, money. Oh, I have so much debt. It's <laughs> terrible. Die with I'm just hoping I'm giving you <laughs> some yeah, kind of encouragement the fuck that. Away from my bank. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stand the fuck away from my bank with all that crazy debt or whatever the fuck you're talking about. Oh, fuck that. You haven't graduated just yet. Wait, it's waiting for you. I know exactly how much debt I'm in. It's so not very much. I'm paying so much. pretty much out of pocket now. Ooh, yeah, it's not gonna grow. Like, like, do you know what this is? Shrinking. I do this. Quite often, when somebody oh, put that thing away, man. Come on. <laughs> is that, is that like, when somebody, like when, some, when somebody's doing the dick measuring contest, <laughs> I will do this in a in a conversation where people stand up and like looking at and somebody else will be doing will be dick measuring somebody. I'd be like, hmm, and it'd be like, I'd be like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Well, I know now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just weird. The more you know, the more you know. Um, hope you I mean, but, hope you gamble that one day though, and you put that book out there. I don't like basically. I'm um, I don't I don't like not having a plan, mm. <clears throat> and that's what makes it so difficult for me at least. Because there's like I, there's no clear cut way to get into any sort of show business. It's all like fucking right place, right time, luck, talent, hard work, determination, yeah. and like all these factors that go into it. You can't just like you know what? I've always hate, I've always luck, I've luck always it. I've always luck's hated a function of good good planning. I've always heard. I've always hated no. the term like. Hard there's like work a, there's a like lot. a great anonymous phrase about that. What? So no, you got to look it up. It's there. That doesn't mean that it's easy. true. Easy. Because there's a phrase. Easy. That I see. Said. I see you laying into that and you taking that personal. Easy there. Calm down. Just look <laughs> what it up. Are you talking That's about? not. That doesn't make it true. I didn't even hear <laughs> what you said. What happened? Uh, I, there's a there's a phrase. There's more? a phrase. There's a phrase about uh, luck is all about good planning or something like that. Yeah, but so, that's not true. Like opportunity and good. There's also a phrase that, that uh, um, I it's honey attracts like... more flies. You get more flies with honey yeah, than vinegar, sure. oh. but that's false. That's not true. Oh. You can say anything, it doesn't make it true. <clears throat> and there's, there's, you probably shouldn't put out anything like this podcast because then none of this is true. It's just. Actually, if, I mean, if you want to go with the best phrase of all, then it's like, your fame is fleeting, don't bother with it, obscurity's forever, stop. <laughs> well, Charlie just did it right now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking he was quoting somebody else. I was like, who said that? Well, that, that was my point. 
My then it doesn't matter who said it. Yeah, I, I just like, want to know who said it. The truthfulness of the statement uh, is Don't you see the genius behind what I just said? Obscurity is fleeting. It doesn't even matter. Or sorry, obscurity is forever. Is that you're like, see what he just said? doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter who he was that said it. Because it's like, I could say that. Somebody else could say that. It's never going to matter. All I'm saying Ooh. is, my point in this section is that <clears throat> proper planning prevents poor performance, but proper planning cannot doesn't account for for luck. Like you can you can try you what we do is we try to we try to mitigate our circumstances right we try to hedge our bets we try to try to um, put forth get put the, the 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 most efficient amount of effort forward and get the, reap the greatest reward we try to. You know, put ourselves in the best positions we can possibly be to get the things we want. Doesn't mean we're going to get them, but we're more likely to get them than if we hadn't put in that work, which I think is what you're trying to get at. Actually, you're tying back to something you said earlier about how you plan stuff, and I was just going to say that, but you just answered your own question. He yeah. uh, sits back in his chair and smiles self-satisfiedly. <laughs> he's like directions in the in the the premise or well, outline. Well, because I did it of, and like uh, he kind of reacted to it, but no, they can't fucking see me do it. So yeah. I gotta I gotta let him know, like, hey, yeah. I'm the man and I know it now. Chris scratched his finger. Chris, don't on, take my bit. Chris, on <laughs> you can't have that. That's okay. copyrighted. Uh, Chris is on <laughs> iPhone yeah, six. Because I'm still, yeah, I know. Uh, I guess for me, uh, (laughs) uh, since I do just pretty much jokes, for me, I guess it starts off where, one, I think you should always be honest with yourself and your life experiences, but I think everybody, for the most part, does that. I would hope so, anyway. But, uh... Really, it's just a combination because sometimes you. Know, I think I think everybody's capable of being funny, even if you're not that funny. Everyone's capable of it. Think of think of a life situation. You can make a joke out of it if you know the right way. Like I'm not at the point where I can say I can take any small thing and make the small nuances of it. No, I'm terrible at that stuff. But I can at least like when we drove here and. Uh, Charlie's very amazing festival. So his uh, dashboard was just like really flat, and just in my head, I was just thinking like uh, it would make a great table. Because when I tell you something, like you could eat in the car perfectly. Plus, yeah, you were like, there's so was, much space here, you could have like a picnic. Yeah, something weird like that. Like I just, you know, just observation shit. I don't know. Like I, half of it is That's like not very funny. No, it's not. But 
There's just Somebody's going to get There's a lot of real estate up there. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you'd be surprised. I, I write so many bad jokes compared to, like, the three, four no. that actually I know. Were. I know, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just so, like, He's out of the nervous. three, four that I feel comfortable with, there's, like, ten in a day that I always cross out. You like write I, ten jokes a day? I try to, five to ten if I can, and I hate every single one of them. Maybe only two get, maybe two make it to the next day, but then they always get, like, re-edited, and I forget about them, or I hate them was, that next day. Was Sorry, I just got curious. Was this a concept you learned doing Bill Burchard's class at all? Or? A little bit, plus it's just one I just been, I did myself. Like, uh, you know, you, you hear, like, you know, I watched a lot of uh, comic documentaries and sure. just like stuff you know you just you get from different sources and everybody because everybody has their own system at the end of the day there's no like set way to do it every everybody like uh what was one bernie mag did he would just literally turn on the tv and sit down and watch tv all day with a notepad and it's like i don't i tried doing that once realized i was way more interested in writing than <laughs> actually going so i completely did not write anything and the whole time i was supposed to be picking little things from what I'm watching. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm just going to keep watching Hunger Games. What am I going to write about? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so it's, it's hard, but everybody has their own system. I guess for me, I build off a lot of my stuff off of just like life experiences, which is probably not that different from what a lot of people do, but that's all I have right now. I, You know, like I'm terrible. I hate punchline jokes. Like, you know, like, oh, what do you call it? you know whatever the punchline would be I hate yeah. those like, like they, plus I think when you you should always write a joke that's conducive with like I guess your voice as how you perform I don't perform in that kind of zany way so I know it's, it's, funny, it's funny to hear you say because I was just thinking about Larry Heard yeah. not Larry Heard that's a oh, that's that? a that's a house DJ founder <laughs> um, of Deep House uh, Larry David. David. I'm thinking yeah. of Larry David yeah. and how his voice sounded better through Seinfeld. Phil, yeah. Than, than opposed to anyone else. Was he supposed made. to be uh, he created George Costanza on that show? Yeah, one yeah. of the characters was supposed mm-hmm. to be Pretty much. very yeah. close to Larry. Because um, I was just th- the reason why I thought about that was when you were talking, I was thinking about that writing style and then yeah. Seinfeld just uses like legal pads. Yeah, and some, like I, yeah, you should always write stuff down. But even oh, even when I write stuff down, I I don't I I try to write because I don't know. Have you ever written stuff where you write down everything verbatim, like word for word, or do you just do like footnote? I don't care to tell. So <laughs> <laughs> you just pulled out a very large. So I have like notepad. I have these notepads I get from work, and what I'll do is I'll go ahead and. Um, Sometimes I'll keep the articles like this is a, a trade mm-hmm. trade paper, and I just went through and I just like I was like, how can I make topical jokes? And I was like, do something about a relevant field of mine, and that it it was difficult because it was such a topic so related to my field, and I got too deep into technical details. I was like, when I look back at it three days later, trying to imagine how to conjure up a joke, <laughs> I would lose people in half of the explanation of the story. Yeah, because so, I guess that helps. Like I I do. Even though it's useless knowledge, I pride myself on like pop culture knowledge that I have and like just media and shit I hear about like through the web. So it's like that helps when I like make a joke and like, well, I'm pretty sure people heard this since it's kind of a thing right now. Now, there's some stuff I don't 
really know too much about, but I make a joke about the fact that I don't know shit about the Kardashians. And that's a great thing when you can do that on stage and be humble about it. Yeah, like, I I know nothing about the Kardashians, but I know people will know that I'm talking about them in whatever way. How can you do that and be well, I don't know. Probably, I'm gonna say I do that shit all the time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. Super smug. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I guess that goes personal. Like I'm not a smug person. I'm just pretty much just like yeah, here. So that's about that. I think it just depends on your delivery. We got to do an episode. It's just about like the the fucked up recursive. It doesn't make any sense at all. Psychology of like how my brain works. I know like, I'm I can be very so smugly insecure <laughs> myself. Me, I am very insecure, but I also know I'm pretentious, but I can play off the everyman pretty well. So, you know, that's how it works. Like I I I articulate myself enough, but I still feel like I'm smarter than a lot of people, even though I know I'm not. I feel okay, actually but... really insulted right now about you, Ed. <laughs> no, like you shouldn't. Chris is. No, I, no, I don't. I don't feel insulted at all. Yeah, no. I'm the one who's constantly correcting. Yeah, he's always <laughs> constantly correcting. <laughs> like I feel like a dick about you, that. Yeah. sitting on it. No, but I'm still <laughs> like, but I'm still humble enough for like, uh, I'm not that smart. But like, are you feeling guilt tripped over there? Or something? But it's some, but it's certain people I know <laughs> in my life. A little bro. bit, yeah. No, but it's <laughs> like, certain oh, people. Chris, my life, like, you can like, use the word ideally, however you feel like. Exactly, because I'm the fucking man. That's how that works. All right. I'm going to use ideally with some ideally great ice cream tomorrow. You need to butch- stop. Lyrical assassin. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you You're always not- use it, though. I know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> lyrical assassin. Rap lyrics over here. Exactly. Nah. Lyrical <laughs> assassin. Oh, I am all tired with the word. All right. <laughs> That's, that's oh, okay. uh, the, yeah. the, no, no, the Where's the button, button to turn that oh, mic off? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, no, but when, when seconds to recognize what reference you were making. Right but then. yeah, but no, when um when it comes to just writing jokes, it's basically just uh, I I I take a long time to write three good jokes. Like I have to make new stuff now. I've been working on it for like a month. I don't because Do nothing. You are doing like ten jokes a day. Yeah, but I, I, I hate each one. That's, <laughs> I hate well, each one. Are, are they like two lines? Some of them are like, like one line. Some of them are like continue. Like, because I did learn that from the class was like, you can kind of run off one. Like, you remember, okay, remember the one I used to always do with the, um, the, uh, the hashtag yep. in, the, in the time thing? That took me a while because at one point I had to find like the weird mix where like, you don't want to keep running that into the ground, like, oh, now we have, if Lincoln was on Twitter, and then what, like, before it used to be way longer, and I had, like, a really weird Nazi reference, and it was creepy, so I had to shorten it up to where, <laughs> I had to shorten it up to where, like, I get the, I had to get the point across that uh, social media, sure. different points of time, beginning middle end and then you kind of end on like because like for the most part for that joke in particular the i guess the big the big laugh part is the whole at once i get to the hashtag attic life part that's where everybody normally laughs the most at at that point i'm just kind of like coasting out of it like with the million man march stuff and all that so like i'm pretty much done i got my peak at the hashtag attic life because people like that 
Like, that's funny. But then after I say Attic Life, I'm kind of just throwing in two or three little bits just to kind of, like, drum it down and move on to the next part. Do you notice that, like, uh, there's, like, a certain arc point to your jokes? Like, you get the most laugh at, like, mid-joke, early, late, like, the punchline? Like, yeah, I mean, it depends. Like punchline type. Yeah, I, and I, I don't think I'm at the point now where I've mastered that, but I know, like, it depends on, one, how you deliver it, how fat, like, your Because t- even your stuff like your tone matters. Like, if you... Because sometimes... Like, when I used to first start doing all of my stuff, I would get nervous. So I would say it all fast. And at that point, it's like, Twitter is bad. And it's just like, the fuck happened? <laughs> and then people wouldn't really laugh at it. But then you kind of, once I kind of, like, calmed myself down and, you know, you just talk. Yeah. And it kind of comes out. But then again, you don't want to be too slow with yeah. it. Like, you don't want to take forever and be sitting there like, so I heard you guys fuck. Like, you're like, yeah. what? Like, get to the point, guys. Like, so you want to, you want to, it just, it's a pace. And yeah, it just depends on the energy of the person, too. It's interesting how you talk about that pace, because I'm going to hybrid two things that you're talking about and uh, you as well. And by the way, I'm talking like I'm some some expert. I am not. So I just, I realized that. It's not about being an expert. Yeah, I know. This is really just about, like, what our our process is. The thing I was going to hybrid between you two is that you were talking about how you you try try to develop ideas or styles that express yourself in a way you being Ed about how to construct your personality or deliver who you are um, and then part of what you were talking about is like how you do a crowd and how you pace yourself mm-hmm. and like I didn't think improv would be what I would use for stand up but that's what I use it's like di- really what it is just getting more stage time getting used to being in front of more and more more people and more people just meaning more repetition of it being up there and not caring about what the audience is out there. Have an idea what the room is, but not so much about who the people are specifically and if I have to pander. Um, mm-hmm. Just like I've got a idea about what hits and what doesn't. And yeah, improv's and giving me that ability to... I, you know, yeah, improv helps because I think we've probably talked about this before, like the difference. Like when you think about improv, like I the one thing you have as an advantage from doing improv stuff as opposed to stand-up is one you're normally with more people mm-hmm. so so it becomes like a teamwork thing yeah then. so i think i think so because of the fact that like if we were all on stage together and like say it was like in front doing something whatever you're doing that that zany wacky we got so we got a yes and the shit out yeah, of that so like we're yes and we gotta support yeah, you so you know you, like, t- you two are in the scene right now you're yes and you're going back and forth you know doing all this stuff like at, at that point it's easy for me because all I really have to do is just watch. I don't have to like really even fucking. I mean, you should keep up and listen to some degree, but I don't even have to really pay attention per se. I just got it. Like if I'm like say I'm doing it, we're doing it for like a crowd per se. Like there, you see where the crowd is going, you see what they're reacting to, and then you pay attention ideally to like the small script that's being created in front of you. You'd be like, uh, and this is where I'll interject something, and you just clap and you jump in and you whatever I say y'all just gotta go with it and it's just kind of like so as opposed to stand up is you stand up there you gotta have really? your shit you gotta have your <laughs> shit you know that's why I don't just stand up yeah like you gotta have your shit really because I mean you can go in there like half assing it but for the most part you gotta have something ready because you have to think about it. There's no one there to save you. There's no one there who's going to be like, oh, jump in at your moment. It's like, no, you just got to start it I, off. 
I really do enjoy I enjoy the stand up more than improv. Like improv has been great at giving me tools about like timing, tone, yeah. figure out characters. Like stories really become more animated as a single person on stage by being able to project my voice in different ways or give personas to people and really bring life to characters that I'm talking about in a damn story. Even if it's always a monologue about my life and like these ridiculous dilemmas, which is what comics are always about. They hit a they hit a dilemma. Mm-hmm. They find an art to it, some freaking punchline, and they're like, oh my God, wasn't that incredible? Yeah. Or, <laughs> I guess if you're Mark Marin, my life's horrible. Uh, yeah. But, like, the, I, I really enjoy the, the comic part of it just being you up there. It is just. Yeah, I like God, that. That's difficult. I, personally, I do, I do enjoy stand up more just for that aspect of, like, it's me. Yeah. Like, it's not. You know, I mean, improv is fun because I like improv because you get to get lost in the situation. But I like stand up just because it's me. It's just me talking yeah. to you. But then again, I guess because that's from some people they perform under a persona kind of. Yeah. Like some people are these like really self character. Yeah, some people perform as a character themselves. I I don't. I'm just Chris, and I'm yeah. As, self dev you know i hate myself as much as i like myself that's about it i'm not like more or less <laughs> any other way yeah welcome to the club yeah so yeah i hate myself as much as everybody else does and i like myself as much so can like, i ask y'all a quick question yeah, yeah. um then this is just like a, a personal thing but uh which do you guys like better like the the character actors who like or the character comedians who like obviously have like a set and this is like the show that I need to do or like the the more like naturalistic style comedians who like the illusion is basically that like oh hey I'm just talking to you guys and this is how my life works and I'm just gonna relate it to you the latter it's obviously also a set if you know how these things work but we've got we're in on it but before I would have said the latter but I think for like especially like a guy like Colbert like I really, you have to really appreciate that level of like. He's I seen his uh, stand up. I've never really seen his. You know what's funny is I've never seen his stand up. I as I, was I of like the, the Scar Brothers. Yeah, like as far as I know, he went to Second City, didn't he? Yeah, Colbert. but like as far as I know, and like my from things I've seen, I've never seen Colbert out of character. I mean, I only yeah. see him like just on TV on his show. I I mean, I know he probably has older stuff where he wasn't, but for the most part. I can genuinely say I've never seen him out of character. So when he takes over the light, the late show, mm-hmm. was it next yep. year? Or this With, year? Uh, he takes over David Letterman's spot. Yeah, yeah. So when he takes over next year, we were stuck on this last time yeah. too. <laughs> when he takes over, this will technically be the first time I've met Stephen Colbert because, like, I, like we we know him as the character on on the Colbert Report, but I, we've never seen. Is he going to have to break character? Is that the part of his requirement? You know what? It's crazy because it's not so much a part of his requirement, but everybody's been wondering. Like, there's people talking about that. Like, this may be the first time a lot of people have seen him. Like, I saw He's done interviews where he's out of character. Mm -hmm. I've never seen another interview. Oh, well, like, I don't know. Seen on YouTube once. Like, like I remember, like, I think it was a red carpet thing, maybe. I think it was, like, a red carpet thing, but it wasn't. It wasn't like no in depth. It was just like, hey, and he like gave a small response. But in terms of for the most part, like we, I saw something because he was talking about the character Colbert. Yeah, like I've read excerpts. Like I guess I've I've never seen him perform like as somebody else per se. You know, like I've always seen. 
Yeah. Huh? His mannerisms change a bit. Yeah, yeah. Explain the character. And I, I, I'm just, but I, yeah, I guess I would, I appreciate that because there's a lot that goes into that. Like this, at first, probably when, before I started doing any of this, I didn't realize that. But like, like I think I made the example last time, like a Pee Wee Herman or something. But there's a lot that goes into something like that. It's not just as simple as just, oh, let's just act like Bill O'Reilly and you know, do like you have to, you want to, you have to get all those great, those like little points across to like. This is them, but I'm also, you know, this is a parody of it. But at the same time, take it seriously. But don't. It, that's it's so many weird things that you're expecting. You're expecting the audience to know it, but at the same time, you're telling them. One of the things that always hit me with him is like, I'm. I wondered how did, how did Coberry went? I I know like his academic transition was like he went to my undergrad actually for two years, mm-hmm. then he transferred to some other school I can't remember for theater he really wanted a good theater program mm. and then from that basis somewhere he went to Second City mm. and I don't understand where he went from Second City to New York I did is that his jump then or did he stay uh, in Chicago for a while I think because he, you know it's you know it's funny as a lot of those places like uh, kind of pretty much now especially now let's say, uh, New Second Cities the improv Olympics IO school and everything they pretty much recruit out of people who come out of those places like yep. comedy central all those networks and stuff they pretty much recruit people from like uh there's this one improv like what's the one true uh up uptight citizens brigade upright. oh yeah yeah upright citizens upright yeah they basically everybody on there has been on snl Really? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, not everyone, but for the most part, like Amy Pol- Amy uh, Poehler, Tina Fey was were castmate cast members on that one. Sure. Uh, there was a couple. They they so when people get up enough to where they're in that troop, it's like, all right, well, these guys are probably going to be doing something. You yeah. Know, and I think now that whole those whole communities are so interconnected that that's probably where they find those people at. Even, yeah. it, it was probably smaller or less known when they came up because you think, look, The Daily Show has been on for well, the um, thing is like, a long time. Yeah, now. the thing is, like, I know with The Daily Show is like Al Ma- Madrigal mm-hmm. on there and yeah. I can't think of his other comments off the top of my head. Uh, Louis Black, for example, we could put him on there. He, he's on uh, there occasionally. We, yeah, know, not as much anymore. John Stewart, like, those guys, they were all stand-ups. None of them were uh, yeah. improvists. But like, when you think of when you do think of SNL, you think of Mad TV. You think they're yeah. uh, Key and Peele, um, or Upright, Upright was it Upright? Upright Citizen Brigade. Yeah, yeah, like these are all improvisists that really hit that stage. Yeah, uh, I think oh, because I, I guess improv people and stand up stand up comics are the same, but I would imagine that uh, improv is like since it's more more close to how acting. Yeah, that ideally they like. I'm pretty. I don't know what the whoever hires these guys, but I would imagine they probably look at them like, "All right, well, you kind of know the concept of acting yeah. because some just because you're a stand-up comic you, doesn't mean you can act." One one of the biggest things I noticed, you, you write about the acting part. Yeah. One of the biggest things I noticed about when I, uh, I I tried to differentiate between stand-up and uh, improv mm-hmm. is when I started doing stand-prov. I was like, "Okay, this is off top of the head, and now it's all on me, just doing yeah. stuff solo." <laughs> but the thing I noticed was that it was still somewhat supportive of the topic. Like when you do improv, you got to be yes anding and you got to be supporting each other. But when you're doing stand up, you can have you can have a pungent tone. You can be you can be, be sour about something. 
um, or you could be happy. It, it, it's all normally you got a dilemma, um, and it's all on you. Um, there is no yes and there. It's more like you against the audience. Against the audience, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was a was a comic Trevor Noah? <laughs> he was like, uh, stand-up comedy is really, you know, it's, it's it's crazy because it's like sex. Uh, the audience being the woman and me taking the role of the man. Uh, my success or failure is purely off of how much noise you make <laughs> and how much you like it. And, and at that point, you know, we'll see how that goes. So that's pretty much how it is. Like, it's my reckoning sometimes. Well, it's Isn't by default Trevor to stand up here constantly yes-handing yourself? No. Well, you can't yes Because no one's... Anyway, yes and means. Oh, well, yes. okay. Yes, you kind of just like building off your own stuff as you go. Yes, and's like when you were doing that like crazy body motion. You're like, oh then, yeah, that, and then also like, this, right? Then I would be like, well, maybe I would take, <clears throat> I would take a roll and be like, oh yeah, this is how you fight off bees. See, yeah, it's yeah, all that, about that. Because you don't, because because obviously you don't just say yes. Well, yeah. you can kind of say yes, and but like ideally, you don't want to ever deny someone doing something. On set because ideally that, that cuts, that cuts off. Like, all by, it doesn't build story. By default. Well, it's not like you're cutting off your jokes, you're just building off your own you, shit in the same way that, that yeah. Charlie will be building off of my bit. But in yeah. stand up, yeah. I come. I mean, this is a semantic thing. It yeah, it's really semantic. Matter, yeah. Yeah. Like, but ideally, I'm already prepared with as opposed to improv. When you start a set, it can end a whole different way where it could have started. Yeah. Ideally, when you do stand up, you want to end it the same way you started. Yeah, so. That's how you use it. What? Ideally. Oh. Oh. There we go. Yeah. I'm good for me. Oh, you did that? I oh, guess. I'm, nice. You know, I don't well listen done. to myself well when I talk. Do you, do Chris you just says words, motherfuckers. Chris <laughs> is out of his own book. I get it that so you put the letters together and shit like that. <laughs> saying, yeah. I get we don't it. listen to recordings of ourselves. And Chris literally does not listen to himself talk. So, okay, well, I guess I'll just keep back with the performance. So <laughs> it's actually um, interesting that we were talking about this SNL thing because when you stepped out, it was something I wanted to ask. Ed was, did you know that uh, Seth Meyers? He's the one taking over the the late late show after that one. It's the one that's after David Letterman. Now it's gonna be Stephen Colbert. It's the show after that. Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers is on late night. He's on late night right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he was the weekend update guy right. on yeah, SNL. Right on SNL. And, yeah, weekend update guys tend to be like the stronger writers. They're on the normally show. They're the hair writers. writers. Yeah, yeah. They're the and hair writers. Colin so Jost is the hair writer now. Yeah. He's the lead anchor on that. Because even Seth Myers admitted, like, I have no characters on the show. I just do weekend update and I'm the head writer here. I just yeah, write, I mean, he used to so. do like show up and do like, like little skits here and there. Like straight men and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But then after a while, it's just like, he just you want to see stuff, you got to stick around for the weekend update. update yeah. yeah. So that's how it goes. To, and something I wanted to ask you is just like, I, I'm i taking a writing class right now, and I've realized I have zero idea about like how to write stuff up. Like, I'll show you guys this, these notepad, this notepad right here. I have four, five, six of these things. My ideas are just as much as like when we talk on the podcast and I'm tangenting all over the place. It's just as bad reading my stuff. <laughs> and I'm just trying to imagine, like, when I try to do my writing class, I have the same problem. I have too many ideas running around to just funnel them down and, like, what's the core concept you're going after here? And Seth Meyer and the Weekend Update thing came to mind when you stepped out. I was thinking, 
well, what kind of pressure would you feel as a writer to have to come up with like the weekend update stuff? I feel like that has to be like the really strong no hitting pressure. stuff. <laughs> I feel no I think I get the question set. you're trying to ask, and I'm being facetious and, and answering a different question. Sure. Um, I'm explaining that because I'm trying to make myself sound like less of a dick as these podcasts go on, but I think I'm failing. You're enemy number one. <laughs> number one. Public enemy number one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, as far as update goes, a lot of the stuff that goes on, not I had to go back and like watch some of the, I guess the better updates because the updates today are not really getting good reviews and stuff. Um, but the update jokes were never really hard to write. It was more the the conceit of update as being this this news thing is what pushes those jokes over the edge. I think. Because a lot of times it's just like, oh, hey, this is the thing that's going on in the news. And this is a funny other thing that's going on in the news at the same time that's not really related. Hmm. And, so you know, like, I, I don't think that's really hard to do. It's not what I like to do, though. Just like but forcing two dissimilar ideas together? A lot of times, yeah. Uh, if you, I mean, if you pay attention to the update jokes, it's, a lot of times it's either that or... They're really easy. Like, this is what our bit is going to be for most of update. And so... Yeah whatever random story that we pull, because they're pulling, I assume that they're true, they might just be making shit up, but the stories that they're pulling are obviously brought out in order to be funny, and then they'll make like some joke tying that into like the King Jong Ing thing, the theme that they have running through the thing. But they're, not, they're never really like complex jokes. I think it's, it's the conceit of it being a news show, the, um, the quick fire nature of it, because it's, that's the most because uh, like, each one is just like a punchline. They're just like can, can, can and you, then the, the correspondence. Can you can you tell me what like I think I think this ties into uh, when you're writing a joke as weekend update guys. What is a blackout joke like? Uh, do you know what blackouts are? It's like uh, Charlie walks into the doctor's office and boom. And I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I forget. Are you talking, it's like the a way of constructing a joke? Yeah. Or okay. something called, but I, I forget exactly what it is. It, it's like a punchline type of thing. Kind of. I, I, I know, it's, okay. It's I like meant to end it or something. It's like a prompt. Yeah, uh, yeah Chris, Chris walks into Hugh Hefner's match and boom, and blackout. Or blow line. Punch you blow line. Blow line. Blow line. Blow line. Yeah, blow line. line. Like that's, that, no, that's what you consider, the, like how I told you earlier, how... Um, my hashtag joke. The hat, yeah, it's the that you're supposed to, you're supposed to get the big laugh, and then ideally, that's when you're kind of over. Because like I said, after I hit that part, I'm trickling it and ending it off. Like I'm basically I'm done with that theme. I'm just right. trying to move on. So that was the blow. The blow line is always meant to be like the highest point you're supposed to get with the joke. So it's like one. Of, it's one of the beats, but it's like a big. It's one, a beat, right? but it's the main one that you want to reach, uh, or it's the one. It doesn't even necessarily have to be the end. It can always. It can be in the middle. You can hit the blow line in the middle, and then everything else is just you just kind of waiting to, to die off, or it could be what you end with. Yeah. It just depends on like the joke itself. Cause um, remember like my, okay, the one I do with like the story or like the guy, sex for money thing at the gas station. Depending on how that one's said, the blow line could be 
You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, no, I know the joke. It's also funny in context of the blow line. Yeah, oh, yeah. I picked up blitz. So, like, the blow line to that joke would be, like, the fact that the dude said, you know, you can can mail the money back to me or you can fuck me. And that was all he said. Nothing after that. Like, you know how people say something like, ha-ha, I'm just playing? There was no laugh to that whatsoever. That's normally the blow line right there. Now, people normally laugh at the you can fuck me part, or they're like, oh my god. And, but then after I add that little part to it, then it's like, ha! It may heighten it, it may not. It depends on the audience at that point. It's and crazy then, that you said the term heightening. I just, I always forget how much that term is used. Yeah, because it's so it, commonplace. It's commonplace, but it's really, it's not as difficult, but it is difficult to like actually do it. Like, you, like, in, I, I would say in improv, is is where. We may be in a scene together, and however it's going, then all of a sudden you may say that one thing where like just everybody was like, "Ah, nothing I do at that point will beat that laugh." Yeah. So the best thing I can do is not to match it, but kind of like accompany it with something like, "And hey, you're fucking right," and just kind of get ready to end it. And hopefully at that point we've hit our minute twenty-five, fifteen, whatever how long we've been up. Sure. And then that's it. But you owe, the blow line is basically, it's one of the things like after you do it in a while, you'll feel it, I mm-hmm. guess. That's the best way I can explain it from what I, from what I think anyway. Uh, you'll know when you've hit that blow line at that point. Like I said, if you hit it in the middle of your performance, it kind of sucks because you don't know how to close out. So you always would rather the blow line be the end. That way you can just be like, and good night, everybody. I just yeah. left you with dicks. It's like, you know, something like that, you know, but it depends. Is there like a blow line to, well, not really music per se, is there? Like, I don't know, because you know, you, like you hear a song sometimes well, and like you like. It sounds like you're just talking about the climax. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not basically. exactly sure if that well, is Well, the climax. Like no, well, yeah, I guess. No, I don't think that the blow line is, with the jokes anyway, is necessarily the climax because, like I said, you could hit one in the middle of your joke. Yeah, but that's you're saying that's the that's the high point. That's, that's the, the high point, but it's not necessarily the end of it. Is yeah, the chorus the climax, the high point. The, the chorus is like I don't know. I don't know how I would I don't know how I would no, relate no, that to music. Just, um, it'll be the the I mean that's what I'm saying. The, the climax yeah. is the end. Yeah, yeah. So if anything, the climax is the high point. Uh, like I mean that that's why you never say that a man climaxed when he was having sex. He came. He had an orgasm. Women well, climax. That doesn't mean it's over. They oh, say, I'm, I'm more, I'm more referencing so. as, like, guys in that case. Yeah, well, right, I climax. Right, right. That's I'm why done. we don't yeah. say that, that we climax, though. I mm-hmm. mean, like in um, like in a, in a song or a story or a movie, and I assume a, a joke. You got that point where like your your action is at its highest. Your your audience is as invested as they're gonna be in your mm-hmm. thing. It's just the it's the the high point of the thing. It's not necessarily the end. Yeah. It's not you can have I mean well okay, storytelling structure. Right, you got your introduction, you got your 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 settings and places and all that stuff. You have your rising action and your rising action is all along leading up to your climax. After you pass your climax, you still got your falling action and your denouement. Now, all of those elements can be as long or as short as you want it to be. Usually, you have your climax comes toward the end, but it's usually it's never the end. The Nothing end. ends at the climax because yeah. you you always have a, a 
come down because mm-hmm. otherwise people are like, what the fuck is happening? And you're like, they're just they're just up use. there like on TM for no reason. Like, all right, I guess yeah, you, you usually don't leave one. Now we go fight more Nazis. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just Nazi fighting for real. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that right. part of the reason for that is is um, uh, shoot. Uh, I, this isn't the term for it, but it's the term I'm going to use. Ontological inertia. And what I mean by that is the idea that um, that people assume that and it, uh, this is, I swear this is related, even though it's not going to sound like it at first. People assume that the last thing that they see somebody doing or last the last state that something is in is that they saw it in is the state that it's going to be in forever. So, like, if you last saw a cartoon cat hanging from that clothesline mm-hmm. saying, hang in there, and you never see it land or get down or get help, you just assume that that cat is there forever. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if you, like, if you go out on your climax, yeah, that's really exciting if it's, the uh, first or second part in a trilogy and it's supposed to be a cliffhanger you're waiting for the next thing mm-hmm. but even when they, you see that happen in movies or television that's not the end of that story that story hasn't ended yet because we're, we're still in the middle of it we haven't, we haven't come back down to normal so since we're, we're up there we just assume that that's where it stays and we can't just have shit stay we can't just have the plates always spinning on the sticks they gotta come down at some point Either successfully or unsuccessfully. So I don't, I don't know why I went to such great lengths to explain why the climate is, is not the end. But um, yeah, I, I think that's 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 the same idea. If I'm if I'm hearing this this uh, low line thing correctly, it's just no. the idea where your your energy your your response the energy your is the highest, the biggest response is, yeah. is the is the highest. Because like I said, I guess. It's yeah, different kind of with, uh, especially with like an improv performance, because since it's since basically everything you do is so, it's not planned. Like it just pops up and it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. And sometimes you can keep something going for a long time, but then other times you could have a set where it's like, wow, this died literally two minutes in. So now we gotta kind of wrap it up and do a new suggestion, make a new scene, something like that. So now, we see people do those claps, those sweeps. Yeah, just they, sweep it so all the way. We just run across the stage and they Flat change this. the whole setup. Because literally, have you ever had, like, have you ever done something where, like, somebody comes in, they say a line, and it's like, ah, oh, that was the high point. All right, we're done now. There's yeah. nothing else we can go with yeah. this. It's like, all yeah. right. It's funny, uh, that whole thing about having to hit that blow line, I just want to call it the punchline so much as a, improvises are not supposed to get tied up in the idea of wanting to find that moment mm-hmm. but the they do. More, the, and I was going to say exactly that the, the, the more I've gone through improv the people that take it really seriously yeah. um, nothing wrong with that but the ones that are really digging at it they're basically becoming comics on like stand ups on stage, but with a group of people and trying, it's like they have an immediate like group of people they got to compete against. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they, the people you're describing now, and just a lot of the people that you guys encounter and have issues with, and I guess that's why you have issues with them in uh, the improv world or just doing improv wrong. 
Like they forget yeah. that it's a team. I don't think it's, it's a team. Yeah. Well, I don't think so much wrong. Yeah. yeah, or it's kind of like. Yeah. I would say that they're not doing it. They're not doing it wrong, but they um because yeah they've like, forgotten thing they, they're forgetting some of the key principles yes and like you got to get grounded in that again yeah because like, some people would get really hung up with you about some small things and large things I don't know it's that's a whole different well it's like you uh, I think you uh, I think you were saying one time after one of the open mics that like uh, you've seen guys like do the improv thing and then like after the the set or the, the skit is over, like, be upset because somebody else didn't do yeah. the thing that they thought they yeah. should have done. Yeah, because they had, like, this idea, and they're yeah. like, yeah. all right, now Ed has this uh, cup in his hand, and there's a thunderstorm going on in the scene. I've got this really good idea for, like, a beer commercial, and then it's like, all of a sudden, Chris didn't deliver, so, so yeah. Charlie can't make yeah. the whole scene come so he together. Can't make and those are people, like, when you, when, yeah, when you do stuff like that, you're only going to make yourself upset because you're... You can't, you should plan it. It's this weird thing where, like, you're supposed to pay attention to, like, what's going on, whatever your teammates or whatever are doing, but at the same time, don't feel tied to what is going on. Per se. That doesn't mean, though, if we have a kind of a set structure going on, we kind of have a story built. Like, say you and Charlie were doing a, a whole set to where there's an established story. You're the dad. He's... You guys never go along with my bits the way I want you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I try. I just assume it's because I'm not funny. Are you? Are you? Are you just pulling this improv thing right here? Where you're, like, you're like, you guys are supposed to support because you, you or we're not supporting you in the topic that you just brought up, are we? Blur. No, I'm. You're, he was making a joke. Yeah, well, yeah, I was like, like, I was like you're nailing this joke right now. But then you got, you got all serious. And I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, you had a great premise. <laughs> you, you, just, like, you just, like, trigger his emotional center. Oh, yeah. God, I'm sorry. I but, was like, I see what you did there. But, but no, like, like, let's say you two are doing the same. Like, you're, like, the doctor. You're the dad. And, like, somehow. Can I, can I be the doctor? Sure. sure. So Ed is a doctor. Hi, Charlie uh, is a dad. So, like, as it's going on. Trust me, I'm the doctor. Uh, weird scenario. For some reason, the doctor wants to give you a heart surgery, even though you just said you, you stubbed your toe. So, like, like, all of a sudden. <laughs> so now, all of a sudden. Me. I'm the doctor. Angie <laughs> Charlie's oh, being really. Charlie's being really adamant that it's just his toe, but like it's like he just learned heart surgery, so now he really wants to do a heart surgery just to show he can do it. So now he's doing all this, like, and just, it's just let me listen to your heart, right? Yeah, and then Charlie's all like, "Oh, say something, Charlie, add to it, fucking add." Yes, <laughs> and I got a toe stub. <laughs> like that doesn't go anywhere. You know the 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 main issue with most problems with your toes initially begin. In your heart. It is my heart, actually. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I clap I'm myself I'm in, and I'd be like, I'm Iron Man, bitches. Like, that throws <laughs> off the entire thing. And there are some people who do that. Love the dogs, and and <laughs> Sort of like a superhero for the entire universe. <laughs> and then, then you got to then add Charlie forced into this. Yeah, now you're forced into this Jeez. weird thing. Oh, where like, where it's got to be like, oh, Iron, yeah. Iron Man <laughs> is the assistant for Ed and helping me with my toe heart condition. And there's nothing wrong with getting crazy. There's nothing wrong with being like outrageous, but at the same time... At least I know medicine. Why don't you go ask Jarvis? There we go. You recouped it. Uh, and you made there it you work. go. Boom. Bam bizzle.
So I yeah. Do this improv shit. Also, my British accent gets way better. It's okay. No, it's way better than it was. Oh, okay. I, uh, was okay. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm passing for her. He's not. He's not going to try to sound to be a doctor. <laughs> the next doctor who is like. Oh, that would be so awesome. You're much better at uh, characters than me. I'm always stuck playing a straight man, I feel like. I, I don't do think that's man. necessarily true. I do the straight man all yeah. the time. About, I like doing the like, straight man, but about I, I'm not. Improv. I, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't know about that. I mean, yeah. I, 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 Even when I do my own stories in stand-up. Well, yeah, I mean, Chris does the, the same. I, I think a lot of character a lot of uh, comedians do that but I, I would venture to say most comedians tend to be the straight men in their stories and it's relatively few the ones who are like and those are the ones who are more obviously playing a character mm-hmm. like uh, Colbert is never not going to be the straight man in most of his stories it's just like I think of like I think of Richard Pryor and like he's on Sunset Boulevard or uh, yeah Sunset on Boulevard uh, Sunset Boulevard his his performance there and that one where he's like I know you guys been wondering where I've been but I know you guys been reading about it in the newspapers and he, he pulls out a box of matches and then lights one and he's like oh well, who's that that's Richard Pryor right down the street <laughs> and, and, that, and that just like hit so hard and like set the set the mood it was like he treated himself as a character like yeah. just for how absolutely eccentric he was he was like girl tried to leave with the car I was like, you leave with those hus puppies, hus puppies, and then he pulls out the forty-five Magnum and shoots the car, and the car is like whining and it's got a personality. He's like, he's like shot holes through the radiator. Well, that that's the I think that's one the thing that you kind of need to do, and two the reason why people <laughs> a lot of times don't like writers because I I, I I think that's something that we tend to or want to or should I don't I don't know which really to use there but a lot of times we'll we'll treat everything as though it is a character like that everything is a story device everything we observe everything we say right eat do think everything is a device for the story or this bit that we're trying to make happen and I do that shit all the time to, to myself when we're in this podcast, do you view Chris and Charlie as characters? No, I view you two as figments of my imagination because I'm, I'm a synopsis. Are we in the so, Matrix? So, 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 damn, I can never say that fucking word. Synopsis. It doesn't matter, though. No, not synopsis. Synopsis. So, 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 I hope you're not referring to both of us. Psycho so you on this. So, so lip, Solus? It keeps, it just, Cerebral? It, it just always sounds <laughs> wrong. Pickle. You're, you're actually doing really good, though. Like, this actually, it actually works better with that bit if you don't know what word it is. Sorry, Alice. But then that's the other thing. Like, I, and this is this is something that it makes it more difficult for me to appreciate uh, comics. But for some reason, it doesn't. And maybe it's just because it's like this thing I, I want to do more. But it doesn't like bother me in like movies or or comic books or sometimes novels but like I like I think about the construction of like how a joke came about a lot for some reason yeah. I think that's why I don't like most shows and stuff though because I only the ones that allow me to come out of myself in that specific way mm-hmm. can I get into but like when I can see this uh, you know you, when you're see, you can see the, the part you can see the construction of the joke a lot of times right yeah. whether it's a comedian or or um, 
a television show, less so on improv because it's more stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you can see the construction of a joke when somebody's doing a bit and it just like fucking kills me to see. It. I mean, it doesn't make it not funny. It's just like it's it's not it's like less it's fun in a different way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you enjoy like it. I, it's a smug fun. It's not like an enjoyed it sort of fun. <laughs> It's funny to hear you say. I'm bemused. I'm not. Yeah, amused. you're like, yeah. Mm, look at you. It's mm. funny to hear you say uh, stream of consciousness. Consciousness. Con- Allah. Blah, 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 blah. It, it wasn't just here. Yeah. Did he say it right twice? But yeah. did he yeah. just like, give up? It's just, nah. Consciousness. 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 Uh, I've never heard that term used in the context of improv uh i've always heard it done in like autobiographical stuff like well, on the road jack kerouac thing well i i'd like to think that i think it was very well used is what i'm going after <laughs> that fit well because that's what improv is is like they tell you not to overthink stuff Oh yeah. yeah, never be in your own head. Don't yeah. second guess anything you do. Basically, so well, just that's always one of my issues, though. Like, place. I, 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 and this is one of the reasons why I struggle with going and trying to do uh, improv mm. or take a class or whatever. Like, I, apparently, I mean, people laugh at shit I say all the time, despite me constantly talking about how I'm not funny. Mm-hmm. But to sit down and even being able to see the construction of other people's jokes, like sit down and craft a joke is like a big undertaking for me to the point that improv almost seems like it should be easier because I'm not thinking about like why is this funny I'm just like oh shit this would be funny wouldn't it be funny if yeah instead of sitting there like fucking okay what would be funny like how because what makes funny how is this funny why is this funny how does this joke work it rests so much on paying attention like I'm observing it's, what's going on. It's all the yeah, time. It, it, yeah, it, it rests on. Yeah, it's one of those, it's one it's one of those things where you I can't. Didn't know you didn't have a beard. Yeah, like it's one of things where it's one of those things where you can't write out. You know, it's, to make a good set, you can't write out a good set. Like you can get the outline and maybe. What but you that's not true do. though. Well, no, there's something like the, like the, the Sklar brother shit is. A show. It's not. It's not. Oh yeah, that, not that's like written out. A whole bunch in there. Well, I'm Stella talking about like the same way. Well, I'm talking about random like just in process. I, I mean, yeah, there's written stuff too. But in terms of like just a written like a just a straight just suggestion, let's do it. When you like pay attention. You're, talk, you're talking about improv. Yeah, improv. You know, yeah, I, I wasn't Sorry. talking about a like scripted show. But uh, well, yeah, when it comes to just like an improv set, it's so much based on paying attention. I think it's also determining who you like performing with too, because uh, when you perform with people who you know, well, not so much know, but you perform, you know, like their style. Like I said, I know I'm always the straight man and everything. I, even if I don't try to be, it's awkward for me to try to do anything else differently. So you know that when Chris jumps in there, he's gonna for the most part be the serious fucking weirded out doctor by the fact that you have shark face right now, and so you can play off of that. Or I get what you're saying. Like you have that comfortability. Of yeah, you have that comfortability. It's all about yeah. comfortability, and it's just there's no, I don't know. There's no man. I mean, just books full of shit. But there's no manual per se to like you. Like you're never gonna know the perfect time to always jump into a scene. You're just gonna have to feel it, and then that goes back 
to what we was talking about earlier about like confidence. The one thing they do teach you is like if you when you, when you clap your hands like that, when they tell you to clap your hands, own it, just go for it. Even if you weren't really sure what you wanted to add to the scene, you've done it already. Go for it. You can't mess up. I mean, obviously, realistically, I think that when when advice gets told you like that, it makes it sound like huh, nothing I do will fuck this up. Yo, you can, but 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 I yeah, no, you can totally fuck it up. But ideally, though, if you had an idea that you've been sitting there while you was watching us do this, it's like go for it because ideally, I don't know if I'm fucking up that word again, but it doesn't matter. Jump in. Just jump in, because at that point, you're going to make it better, or you'll mess it up, but you won't know until you try it. Ed again, future Ed. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that last episode. As always, if you have any questions or comments or concerns about writing or anything else we've been talking about, feel free to contact us on the Facebook.com slash something to do or on Twitter at something to do pod or in our email something to do podcast at gmail.com. Well, of course, you can find this and all of our episodes and leave comments and find out more about everything we're doing at something to do podcast.blogspot.com. Now, for that announcement. We're actually in talks to create a second podcast. It will be called X, but then Y, and it will be more focused on uh, writing and storytelling. So if you enjoyed anything that we were talking about today, or it's wanting something maybe a bit more focused and a hell of a lot shorter, then that might be something to look forward to. Um, in order for us to do that, though, we really, really need to ask you a big favor. No, we're not asking you for money yet, but please go to the iTunes store and rate us favorably, suggest us to your friends. We live and die on your reviews, and right now, we're just sort of sitting in uh, purgatory. Anyway, on to the liner notes. That first song you heard was called Gorillas in the Mist. It's by a rapper named Paris from his album Sleeping with the Enemy. Charlie was playing that song throughout its entirety before we started rolling tape. So it ended up just basically setting the tone. So make of that what you will. Um, the second song was called Play It Loud. It's by a band called MXPX from their album Before Everything and After. I actually heard it on the SSX3 soundtrack. So uh, sorry, music purist. But... Yeah, it's just a, it's a great song about doing things you need to do because those are things you need to do it and not trying to be shitty like everybody else is. Um, the third song you heard was the cover of Eleanor Rigby, which of course was originally by The Beatles. This version was by uh, David Stomer. I heard it on the Accepted soundtrack. And right now, you should be listening to the demo of our theme music. Yes, we are actually working on theme music. So if you like it or don't like it, let us know. If you dislike it because you think you can do better, Throw us a line and give us a hand. We'd love to hear from you. Anyway, that's all for me. Thank you, guys. And as always, thanks for listening. Fuck, I was doing so good. Today.